Welcome to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we have a special guest with us today. Yay! Sam, will you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Sam Vaught, and I'm also a layperson, and I'm a member of St. John's Episcopal Church in Crawfordsville, Indiana. We are so thrilled to have you with us. Listeners, you you may remember from last week's episode when we talked about the Christmas carol that we are crowdsourcing for the Badgerland Christmas album. Sam is the player on that piano track, and he has taken on the fateful task of coaching us through our vocal parts today. God love him. (laughs) You'll be great. (laughs) Well, before we get to that... This podcast is about... What is this podcast about, Anne? Yeah, good question! (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, Collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in you might collect 200 packages of astronaut ice cream. In space, no one can hear ice cream. These specially preserved ice creams are freeze-dried and require no refrigeration. Just open and eat. Each individually wrapped ice cream comes in a package that describes the freeze-drying process, a yummy way to discuss air pressure, phase changes, and vaporization. Wow. Brendan, did you or did you not just say, in space, no one can hear ice cream? (laughs) (laughs) I, I did say that. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah, this is from a, um, a catalog on a website called uh, teachersource.com, I think. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it sells things with, you know, educational purposes. So this goes on to say, this is an actual example of the kind of food carried into space on NASA missions. Mm. In fact, our astronaut ice cream actually went into space on several space missions. Your students will love tasting it. Make astronaut foods a part of your next space science lesson. Cool. Can you tell me um, how this came to be, our our collection? (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, God's handiwork in the heavens and the earth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Speaking of handiwork, segue (laughs) achievement unlocked, today's collect is uh, one of the collects for various occasions, and this one is for vocation in daily work. So I'm hoping that this collect will serve to protect us in our work of recording a Christmas carol later, (laughs) Uh, but... Anyway, uh, you can find it on page 261, the Book of Common Prayer. Sam, would you do the honors? Yes. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you declare your glory and show forth your handiwork in the heavens and in the earth. Deliver us in our various occupations from the service of self alone, 
that we may do the work you give us to do in truth and beauty and for the common good, and for the sake of him who came among us as one who serves, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 You have an excellent praying voice. You really do. Has anyone ever told you you should be a professional prayer? Oh, thank you. Um, well, as a matter of fact, I'm in discernment in the Diocese of Indianapolis right now, so perhaps. Aha! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, we can say we knew you when. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think about this prayer? I thought it was interesting to look at this in contrast with the prayer for Labor Day. We did, like, gosh, is it two three months, months ago? Three months ago? Time flies. Oh, right. Yeah, wow. It, it shares a couple of things in common with Labor Day, uh, mostly that it is asking that we remember that our work is not for ourselves alone, but mm-hmm. for the common good. It actually does have a, a somewhat different emphasis as well. And part of that different emphasis is this opening clause about God declaring your glory and showing your handiwork in the heavens and the earth, which it just seems kind of random. I don't feel like there's a really strong tie drawn between God's work and our work in the prayer. Mm-hmm. I can make that leap, but it doesn't really take you there initially. Yeah, I'll grant that. It, it seems a little bit forced. Yes, uh, that's a good way to put it. In that we are praying for a vocation here, and we seem to be implying that God's vocation is the craftsmanship, for lack of a better word, of the heavens and earth. One question I have after reading that first part is, you know, if we're supposed, to, if that's supposed to be the example that we imitate, how do we imitate that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. By resting on Sundays. <laughs> so the reason that it's there, I think, and this is one of the areas where this prayer differs from the Labor Day prayer, is that it shows up in the petition. We ask that we may do, do the work you give us to do in truth and beauty. So I think it's that beauty in particular that is supposed to be tied back to the creation of the heavens and the earth. And it's interesting to see beauty show up in a prayer about work. Okay, one, I would have never made that leap, so I'm glad that you're here because I would have never tied that back, but I see it now. And two, I think you're exactly right. It is not something I often do to describe my daily spreadsheeting as beautiful. (laughs) I'm sure your spreadsheets are the prettiest spreadsheets. They're gorgeous, and they're all perfectly formatted, but I still, you know. And and you choose all the best colors for your conditional formats? Only the finest of shades. (laughs) (laughs) Can there be something beautiful in work, whatever you do? You know, we often think of vocation and and, and godly ministries as something that a few do, something that that's for the clergy mm-hmm. uh, or for people to have special roles. But, but I, I really think that our vocation as Christians is that, you know, every job we do, everything, not, not just the glamorous things should be inspired by the truth and beauty of God. And I think it was Martin Luther that tr- introduced that at the time of the Reformation. Um, I hope I don't get called out on that by one of you. <laughs> 
listeners. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that, our, our listeners might. It's <laughs> true. That, that vocation can be, uh, you know, digging in the garden. Uh, vocation can be taking out the trash, and those can be ways of glorifying God, not just praying in church. Yeah. Well, I think it's is it the Buddhist monks who, well, and and maybe some Christian monks as well who undertake acts of menial labor or physical labor as a as a way of kind of contemplative prayer or meditation. Yeah, I, I, I know that's a practice in Buddhism, and it certainly is in, in some, although I don't know that it's true in all Christian religious right, orders. Right, I can see it. I mean, there's certainly, to me, um, it's almost like in work like that, in, in kind of physical labor, it strikes me as being the same mental shift that I'm able to make in a liturgy where I'm very familiar with the words, mm-hmm. in that I can kind of stop thinking about what I'm doing and just do it. Yeah. Does that make any sense? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, totally makes sense to me. The downside of having a constant inner commentary is that it very rarely shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> So on this topic of truth and beauty, uh-huh. you know that, that phrase stood out to me, and but I, I couldn't call to mind the uh, biblical passage it came from. One of you correct me if I'm totally off base on this, but I, I googled the phrase truth and beauty, uh, did not find a direct scriptural allusion, but did find the most prominent quote. Uh, of those two words together seems to be from um, John Keats' 1820 poem, Ode on a Grecian Urn, where he writes that truth is beauty and beauty is truth. I do not know if we are seeing the influence of Keats in this prayer, but the prayer was written for the 28 prayer book, so Keats would have been in the air when this prayer was composed. I did find something similar. It's like this wacko... I shouldn't say wacko. It's a different biblical translation. I couldn't think of that word. I was like, you know, the one that we normally hear, or the one that I'm used to anyway, this is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I found one translation where they translate that as, finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with truth and beauty. Hmm. Which translation is that? The voice. I've never heard of that one. I hadn't either, but you know that Bible Gateway site? Yeah, yeah, I've used that a lot. It's on there. Oh, okay then. All right, well, you solved it. I fixed it, guys. The voice. (laughs) It's not just a Carson Daily TV show anymore. <laughs> but your your uh, reference to Keats is probably way way more appropriate. I I don't know. I I think the Bible is actually kind of appropriate too. So <laughs> my first thought was to think of something like Plato. You know, something these there's these great ideals. You know, God uh-huh. is truth and God is beauty. It seems very classical to me, which maybe is more in line with. Keats than I think, but I don't know. And it might be. Yeah. I don't know my Plato all that well. I don't either. 
Play-Doh, I know. With a D. Oh, yeah. yeah. Play-Doh. <laughs> One other thing I, I found interesting about this prayer is the kind of juxtaposition from that opening clause about God declaring his uh, glory. And then the ending piece where it talks about doing our work for the sake of him who came as one who serves. So it's two very different takes on on what God is. A glorious <laughs> declarer and a, a humble servant. You have a, uh, a, a scriptural reference there, which is to Luke twenty two twenty seven. The greatest among you must behave as if he were the youngest, the leader as if he were the one who serves. For who is the greater, the one at table or the one who serves? The one at table, surely. Yet here am I among you as one who serves. So you go from kind of you know this intergalactic, vast expanse of interstellar space uh, down to Jesus at the table. Was that a reference to the Star Wars prayer? It was. <laughs> I am on record as a fan, despite its flaws. I don't know if I've, I've ever heard it done in a liturgy before. Really? Really? I, I, no, I don't know. I, I don't think I have. I think I, I, I hear the other three all the time, but I don't remember the last time I heard that. Wait, so you hear Prayer D all the time? We get I, it like twice a year. I, I can't remember which, um, but there's a season in which m my rector uses D every week. Um, really? I can't remember what it. It might be Advent, but oh. I'm not. At, I'm currently not at my parish for Advent because I'm shadowing um, Bradley Pace in Lafayette. Oh, so that's I'm, good. I'm, I'm I'm up in I'm in the Lafayette right now on Sundays. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, God, you do prayer D and you ask, add like 10 minutes to your service. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, so we use prayer C um, on Sundays exactly one time a year, uh, but uh, one of our uh, priests who does the Wednesday night masses is pretty fond of it, so it shows up on weekdays quite a bit. And Frank and I used it at our wedding because, because I'm a big fan and Frank didn't care. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> is there anything else we want to say about this prayer before we go to the incredibly humiliating part of this service? The well, service. The service. Oh. The service. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to call out, I, I think this is the third prayer that we have done in some form or fashion about vocation. And uh, one of the, th the strengths of the Book of Common Prayer when it comes to this particular topic is that it always calls out the common good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm not sure if we've hit on that every time we've talked about it, but I think it's um, a really important point. The Book of Common Prayer is always trying to call us out of ourselves, uh, at least on this topic mm -hmm. of work. It makes the work you know, more than just the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we can, I don't know, I think it's, as a student, maybe, you know, my work primarily is kind of this, you know, repetition of study and, and performance, so to speak. And it's, it's easy to kind of get lost in that cycle. It is helpful to have that reminder that there, there's a, a larger reason for, for doing that, for doing any kind of work. So what are you studying, by the way? Um, I'm a religion and classics major. Oh, awesome. Um, so, 
Yeah, so uh, I have the market on dead languages and philosophies that people don't really care about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can tell us what Ideo, Gloria, and Excelsis Deo means. Um, you, you know, I, I thought maybe I should uh, kind of double-check myself on that, but I did not uh, look up Ideo. Ideo, um, obviously Latin. It's not in, I can tell you, it's not in the original Latin text for this hymn. Really? I, I will I will give maybe an, an off the air confession here. Um, I haven't taken a Latin class in two years. Ah! <laughs> I'm doing mo- ma- mainly Greek right now, so. Oh well, that's like you know relevant to you know reading the New Testament and stuff. Right. So I actually have a photo from because I do not own a hymnal. Shock and awe. Um, I took a picture of this hymn, and. Actually, at the bottom of the page, it tells you what Idio says. <laughs> oh, Idio, it does. Idio, Gloria, in Excelsis Deo is Latin for, therefore, glory to God in the highest. I don't know if God is going to feel glorified after this. <sighs> um, we are coming <laughs> among you as one who serves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, should we get to it? Friends, we are uh, recording hymn number 92 on this day, Earth Shall Ring, and we are inviting you to record it along with us to demonstrate to you that we are serious about uh, Nadia Bolz Weber's maxim uh, to discourage excellence and encourage participation. Uh, We are going to do a, uh, you know, Hymn number 92 behind the hymn episode. (laughs) Earth indeed shall ring. (laughs) (laughs) But Sam is like an actually talented person, so he's going to coach us. I know. I wanted to give a disclaimer at the beginning of this. I am not actually a professional musician. Um, it's just a, a hobby of mine. Um, I got scared uh, when your friend Marlena um, asked me, oh, are you a mus- musician too on Twitter? And I thought, oh no, people are going to expect something that I can perform. I can guarantee you, Sam, you're going to be more of a musician than either of us. And I'm just excited that this is the first disclaimer we've had in a while that is not a cat disclaimer. That's really true. Oh. Hashtag musician disclaimer. <laughs> So I thought we could start with maybe a vocal warm-up. Oh, um, but maybe my first question would be, um, have, either, have either of you ever been part of a choir, have sung in a choir before? When I was in college, we did a campus ministry conference thingy up in Wisconsin one time, and there was a pickup choir that for some reason I joined. Um, and there were approximately like 50 other people in it, so I sang quietly and everything was fine. When I was in sixth grade, I auditioned for the choir in my middle school and was the only person not accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, we're going deep in the feelings tonight. Yeah, (laughs) I got some intense feels here, Sam. You're the only one who can get me out of this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That's a lot to overcome. I know, I know. It's okay, I know I have worth, even beyond my singing ability. That's right. Are well, you at a piano? 
I, I am. I'm in a practice room in, in my the Fine Arts Center at Wabash. Oh, wow. Um, That's so cool. It's, it's not my first choice of practice rooms, but the other one, the nice one was taken. So I'm in, in one. This piano's okay. Um, my, my goal was to actually be at the piano that I recorded the hymn on, but that was in our chapel, and it's a big, echoey building, and I thought that would be bad for recording mm. this. So, Probably. So we're here, and I, I'm at this piano. How else do you do a warm-up but with a piano? So since you've never been part of a choir, I assume you can't tell me what part you typically sing. <laughs> no. That's okay. I, I've been told that I'm probably a baritone, but I've had a cold lately, so maybe I'm a bass. Maybe you're a bass today? Okay, yeah. that's what I would have guessed. I have, I have a low singing voice. Um, okay, so maybe an alto. Maybe. Okay. Well, this this hymn is a bit. Um, it's it's not too high, but it, it does. It has about I don't know a little more than an octave stretch, so it does get kind of high. So we might do some octave jumping. Now, Holly, Brendan might forget this, but I've actually heard him sing once. He uh, was behind <laughs> me at an ordination uh, this fall in Aww. Indianapolis. He was one pew behind me, so I've I've heard him sing a few hymns. I have too. He's yeah. not as bad as he gives himself. As he no, did. he's not bad. I, he's just building me up now, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm to, ready. I'm channel, right. channeling my inner voice teacher. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as a warm-up, I thought we could start here and just go... Uh, uh, All right, uh, here all right. we go. One, two, ready, go. Uh, 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 <laughs> All right, let's go up one. Uh, there we go. It's really hard to do that with, like, the multiple voices. It is, but I'll tell you, I think you were both all on the notes that time. <laughs> I was definitely not on the notes that time. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, uh, okay, I think we're warmed up. I think we're good. <laughs> this is as hot as it gets. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm crossing out the thing on my list that says try harmonies. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. So I assume, Brendan, we're going to have to um, uh, record this to the track that's actually already been... Yeah, we will. So I put a link to uh, SoundCloud um, in here because, uh, yeah, there's no other way to stay on time. Okay. I think um, for practicing, it might be easier if we just use this piano here to practice, and then when we go to record it, we can use that. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Okay. Maybe we could just sing the first verse all together, um, and I'll just play the piano here on this piano. The problem with me singing it at the same time with you is I can't hear you. So then maybe we could do it once together, and then I could listen to you, and we could just do that verse by verse until we're confident. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> so we'll do this together, and we'll do, we'll do a little, little down tempo. Okay. okay. You ready, Holly? I don't know, Brendan. <laughs> I should have had a drink before this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
is not instantaneous yes yes there is that that? well how do you think you did less than good (laughs) i i could hear i couldn't hear all of it to be honest between the piano and and me singing a few of the the lines but i i thought it sounded pretty good holly we're gonna screw each other up i think we have to go individually yeah i think you're right but as the one making that declaration i'm willing to go first and put myself out there okay okay Thanks. We'll do done here for you, Brendan. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to count you off this time. We're not going to do the introduction, just the melody. All right, and just go ahead and do the first verse. All right. One, two, ready, go. On this day, earth shall ring with the song children sing to the Lord. Christ our King, born on earth to save us, Him the Father gave us, in Yeah, so you really are a bass. You sang an octave even below where I was playing it. So. Okay. I can't hear octaves. <laughs> I can't either. It's okay. <laughs> that was good. I could hear you the whole time while I was playing the piano. So oh, awesome. that's going to work well. Um, one thing I'll say, so I'll, I'll just give a little bit of feedback. Um, the piano part on the EDOs, they go, um, EDO, oh, oh, EDO, oh, oh. And then the piano goes, but the melody line actually goes down. So the mm. piano says, bum, 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 but the, the, the voicing actually goes, Ideo Gloria in excelsis Deo. Um, it's a tricky thing that when people sing this, they sometimes do both things because... Mm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I, I was struggling with that because I always think of that as like, a part where it's going up because I I think of what the organ is doing. Right, and it's building you know it's building momentum and it uh, but in, no it goes yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Okay, which might make it easier. I don't know if it we might. went low today. All right, Holly, are you ready? Yeah. Do am I doing the first verse too? Or you can you can pick your verse. It might be easier to do the first since it's closer to the notes. 
The yeah. second one has Doom in it, though. Oh, that is true. I do like Doom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll do first one. All right. Here we go. One, two, ready, go. On this day, Earth delay is worse. Your, your delay with mine is worse than my delay with Brendan's. It's because you're in the same state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hashtag <laughs> privileges. Right. <laughs> Good job. So you, yeah, you sing, you sing with me in my octave, so you really are an alto. I guess so. Mm-hmm. This is good. We, okay. you know, we only need a soprano in the three, if we could fill out a whole choir. Well, I believe Marlene is a soprano. That's true. And we're um, going to be mixing her in somehow. Yeah, we're um, actually going to play her the loudest because, you know, opera singer. Opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brendan, I wanted to mention before we go further, I, I like, did you do the thing with the birds on the recording? I did. I, I, now I want to sing on this day, birds shall sing. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's nice. I like it. I, I don't know. I, and I don't know if we'll stay in the final track, but I was trying to, you know, atmosphere it up. Mm-hmm. I like it. So then we should just take what we have learned, and then after we wrap tonight, we'll just each record ourselves to the master track. Okay. That sounds good, and I can do that too. Yeah, yes. if we try to do it together, it will come out just like it's been now, and it won't It won't work. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like I know more like what I'm doing. Like So, for instance, at the end, I will hit lower notes than I would have otherwise. Yeah, and, and honestly, um, you know, matching pitch is, is, you were matching pitch better on this last verse than you were uh, at the, you know, 20 minutes ago, so. Awesome. Whoa, cool. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the hymn a little bit. Yeah, sure. let's do that. Um, so, <laughs> according to sources such as the Wikipedia, hmm. uh, although they are quoting the Oxford Book of Carols, so I trust them. The, the tune to this, um, person and hodier, is a, a Latin phrase. Uh, that It's just the same as the first line, on this day earth will ring. Uh, hodier meaning day in Latin. Um, so this is originally from a medieval uh, book of carols called the P.A. Cantiones. We get actually several hymns in the 1982 hymnal from this. Um, mostly tunes, not texts. And another Christmas one that is probably familiar to people is um, Of the Father's Love Begotten. Mm. I love that one. I, I hadn't paid attention to it until you uh, mentioned it during some of our uh, 
pre-show correspondence, but the text of that is an, is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. It's a pretty famous collection, um, and I believe it's Finnish, which doesn't affect the language because, of course, everything then was in Latin, but um, I think it's from Finland. Hmm. Um, and then the how we get it today in English hymnals, Gustav Holtz, the British composer who is famous for the planets, took it and uh, worked with it, and that's how we get it into uh, hymnals today. Yeah, well, I came across a bunch of uh, really interesting um, brass band versions of of this. It seems pretty popular for, for them uh, using the Holst arrangement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of, of how we how we think of it today. And I, I've seen this this tune in other hymnals with various texts. I saw it with an Easter text one time, um, but the uh, hymnal nineteen eighty two only has it with this one Christmas text, and I think that's what it's probably most famous for. Can you tell me, Sam, why at the bottom of the page it has six 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 with oh, refrain? I- I can, yes. Um, so that's that's not the mark of the beast, I promise. Um, that is referring to the meter of the hymn. So um, every hymn in a hymnal has a meter. And uh-huh. the meter, I guess my uneducated way of saying it, is it's the pattern to the verses. So um, every it's it goes with the poetry of the verse. It, has, it doesn't really have much to do with the music, um, except... You can use that to match verses to tunes. There's often a metrical index at the back. Um, uh-huh. I'm using the hymn book, not the hymnal. I'm using the red one. Uh-huh. So on mine, it's on page 1053, and it's the metrical index. And it gives all the tune names um, for by meter. And you can take any text in that meter and replace it with another text from a tune with that meter, huh. and um, it, it's compatible. 66 with refrain. Okay, so this is the only one in this hymnal with this particular meter, so you can't, you can't change it. But one that's very common is what's called common meter, and um, Amazing Grace is in common meter. Some other tunes that are in common meter are House of the Rising Sun, <laughs> um, and the theme song to Gilligan's Island. So you can sing the words to the Gilligan's Island theme song to the tune of Amazing Grace because it's the same meter. Wow. Gotcha. Thank you so much. I have always wondered that. I hope that was <laughs> clear. Yeah, so it's, every single one has one. Um, and then, and I think this is more common in the hymnal 1982 than maybe some other hymnals, but you often just get IRR, irregular. Ah. Um, <laughs> 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 Other other Protestants maybe poke fun at, at Episcopal hymns for being a bit hard to follow. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are lots of irregular hymns in this hymnal. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I just flipped over to Silent Night, and it's irregular. So, oh, oh, there we go. So Even the take best that Protestants. Yeah, <laughs> Protestants. Uh, listeners, you too can be participating in uh, in this uh, hymn, so we would love it if you would submit recordings of yourself, either singing or playing kazoo or 
you know, tuba or bagpipe or whatever. It just needs to be in time uh, with the master track. So you'll find a link to that track in the show notes, and we will also append it to the end of this episode. Uh, and you can email it your track to us at the collect call at axiatemovement.org. And we need that by December 5th so that I'll have time to edit it and submit it for Badgerland in advance of their deadline. Uh, so are we ready for the Twitter challenge? Yes. I think so. All right, who's going first? I can. Okay. God, you sent your son to serve the whole world, to the, even to the cross. Why then do we have trouble serving just a few neighbors? Hashtag vocation. Very good. Very nice. I'll go next. Mine is a little less sincere. Okay. Is serving astronaut ice cream to children exercising my vocation in beauty and truth? <laughs> Brendan, ours are somewhat similar. <laughs> <laughs> Is singing a Christmas carol out of tune in Advent helpful to the common good? Asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yay! Well, if you would like to send us your tweet about uh, your vocation, about um, singing, or whatever you want to tell ice cream. Yes, those things as well. Uh, please do so. You can find us on Twitter at the Collect Call, or as Brendan noted earlier, you can find our. Um, you can email us at. The Collect Call at Acts8Movement.org. Uh, our parent organization, the Acts 8 Movement, is on the web at Acts8Movement.org or on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8 Movement. And Sam, do you have any blog, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, whatever that you want to plug? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram uh, at Samuel T. Vaught. Before we go, we need to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Derek Olson, uh, who has launched his own most excellent podcast uh, just last week. Mm, I think that's right, yeah. Uh, Derek is blogging his way, blogging, podcasting his way through the Psalms as they appear in the Sunday lectionary. And uh, it's called the St. Beads Psalmcast. And we will put a link to it in the show notes, but it is definitely worth listening to. He does a uh, great job. We are always happy to support Derek, as he has always been a big supporter of our show. Yeah, yeah. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license. And you can find more of Aaron's music and someday more of our music <laughs> At badgerland.bandcamp.com. I think we might get a cease and desist order from. <laughs> God, God love Aaron DeVries. He's so generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can join us next week for the Collect for Social Justice. Ceaseless voice they cry